1: Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Stephen Ajay. Stephen is a British Ghanaian author, poet, healthcare consultant, and entrepreneur. So Stephen, welcome to the show.
2: Welcome, Mark. It's it's great to be on the show, and I, I love it that I'm all, one of the pioneers
1: of the show. <laughs> <laughs> let's so let's let's pioneer away. Uh, first of all, I wanna I wanna hear more about who you serve and where you are right now with your business and and your books great so yeah thank you Mike uh so basically I'm
2: um I'm Stephen like you just said Mike. um I'm 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 British ghanaian because I was born in 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 Britain um but my parents are from Ghana my heritage is Ghanaian um and one thing you did mention is that I'm a, I'm a pharmacist as well so I I grew up in Ghana um I left I left the UK when I was five years old grew up in Ghana Mm-hmm. Um, came back to the UK uh, as a farmer. Worked as a pharmacist for four or five years. The normal nine to five. But after the fourth year, I began to feel this urge, this scratch, this this calling. If if you, if you can put it that way, to to do something more. Um, mm-hmm. and the only way I can describe it is in Ghana, I had a dog called Spots, and he used to come to my bedroom every morning. Um, and uh-huh. scratch my door, and he would scratch and scratch and scratch until I let him in. Um, And if I didn't let him in after about half an hour, I mean, that's how pissed that he was, he'd just go away and in this corner. So I had the same kind of itch, same of scratch. I thought, Mm. what can I do? I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew that I had to do more. And so I just um, packed my bags one day and I just went to business school, Warwick, Um, and I did an MBA. And at the end of the MBA, it came to me suddenly that I need to start a business um, regarding healthcare investments in Africa. So in 2012, I launched Blue Cloud, um, and Blue Cloud does four things. The first thing is healthcare incubation. We take firms in Africa um, and then and then incubate them to a mm-hmm. point where they can can attract funding. Um, the second thing that we do is market entry. So we introduce new products and medicines into Africa. Um, the third thing that we do is we host conferences regarding entrepreneurship, particularly in the healthcare space, um, and the fourth thing is that we link up with charities. To train healthcare entrepreneurs to go to university, those, those that can afford it. Um, and that the time that we started was right. Africa in the 20, 2012, 2011, Africa was booming. I mean, democracy are taking hold, countries were getting richer. There was a, this new talk about this new Africa that was happening. So at the time, at that time, the market was absolutely right. Um, so we started in, we went zooming in. Um, me and my, my partner from India, um, we all went to school together. Mm-hmm. So we started really well. We we, we, we raised some a lot if you yeah. Raised some money. We did some work, some work in, in three or four countries, and then on the fourth year, everything just went boom. It just everything just crashed. Um. So the third or fourth year, we we did some work in Southern Africa. Um. We got duped really badly. We lost tens of thousands of pounds. We also set, We also started a, a medicines line in in, in Francophone Africa. Um, again, that fell that fell through, so we lost tens of thousands of pounds, um, and then uh, nearly went bankrupts.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, actually, did go bankrupts, um, more or less, um, and then the the company almost 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 folded. So, and because of the stress of it all, I developed epilepsy. Um, really, really bad epilepsy. Um, I crashed my car um, in him here in Plymouth. Um, Nearly, nearly killed someone, ended up in AE. and um, So I got diagnosed with epilepsy. I'm now heavily medicated um, because of that. Um, and I also found myself doing pornography, which really ruined, nearly ruined my life. You know, uh, I started it as as some, something to kill the pain because obviously I was warned when I started that, look, Stephen, what you're doing is not going to work. Blah, 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 blah. All, all the stuff that you hear as an entrepreneur, I ignored all that. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, and so f- to kill the pain, I went into pornography um, really, really, really badly. And that nearly ruined my, my marriage, made some bad decisions. Um, and so for the, for 10 years, I had no paycheck. I had to rely on my on my job as a pharmacist to to feed the family. And so to this pay is rent. all
1: through what happened with your business, all through the stress with what was creating this amazing, life-changing, um, you know, different streams to help people and help help different countries
2: Absolutely. that all fell
1: through and Absolutely. it almost destroyed yourself your marriage everything around you
2: yeah 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 yeah. and and, and obviously yeah like, yeah that's right I, I destroyed my marriage and everything um my wife was pretty upset i mean and and we, uh, and we had to go through serious counseling because obviously i made mm. some bad decisions that obviously it cost it cost um it cost my house i mean I, I had young kids you know and two of my kids were in school Struggling to pay their fees because one of them was in private school, so things went really, really bad. I mean, things took a really bad turn when one day we had to go shopping for nearly expired um, food. We couldn't afford any food, so we had to go shopping in a, in, in a shop in, in it's called Rogers in the UK, and they they were nearly expired products at cut down prices. That's what we had to do. Um, I couldn't take a bus to work; I had to walk to work. That's how broke I became. Um, so for ten years, we we, we struggled through. Um, and bless my wife; she she stuck she stuck it with me. Mm. Uh, and on the tenth year, I lost my sister suddenly. Um, she 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 was well; she was she was well and healthy. She had special needs, but she was well and healthy. And then suddenly, I had a phone call um, from my mother in Ghana that my sister had died. Um, had no way of in, in Africa burials a big thing. had a big thing. We had no money. I didn't have a penny to my name. We managed, however, to raise the money from well-wishers and friends. went and buried her, uh, which was a very painful experience because I loved my sister. She was my, my sister that we had. So my brother and I went and buried her. On the day that I was due to come back, the day before, we I somehow got in touch with this uh, multi-million dollar company here in the UK and in Ghana. Um, as well, and they said, "Stephen, we want to work with you. We've heard about what you do out of out of the blue." Um, did
1: they Did they reach out to you? Was it? Yeah. Like... So, so
2: yeah. So, I had contacts with them before, but it suddenly it didn't go through. It fell through for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I, I just one day just, I just called. I don't know why I called that day, but I just called the the uh, my Maghann counterpart here. I said yes, Stephen, we want to work with you. And then there was a change of of, of leadership at the, in the UK company, and suddenly they became very receptive to working in Africa. So within a month or two, I changed from someone who was broke and had no money and had zero nothing at all to selling a million dollar contracts. And this happened within a month. of, of Oh, of, my word.
1: That's yeah. fantastic.
2: Yeah, um, all of, of, of that. So in the experience of, of you all, um, when I got back, um, I just reflected on it. Um, and I had I took loads of notes. Um, and then it came to me that I need to write a book because I, I thought to myself I'd been through all the training that I'd, I'd been through I did all the research and mm-hmm. um, I didn't just jump in, 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 in into into starting blue Cloud I, I I used my MBA to do lots of research I had a distinction from my research it was so good today. and so therefore I went in with my eyes open I didn't I didn't just jump into it <laughs> really nearly so I mean even after all that it took 10 years for the business to 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 um to always to start so I thought to myself People need to, and I also read, obviously, that 90% of businesses are failing, which broke my heart. Um, um, and and it was the same wherever you go, in Ghana, when I came to the UK, the same thing. You could, you could go down any high street and see for sale signs, businesses closing everywhere. And so it was a hard time for entrepreneurs, and it still is. So I thought to myself, I'm going to write a book, um, on, 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 not on my experience, but always my experience was a catalyst for it. Mm-hmm. I had no confidence at all. I had uh, I, I had an imposter syndrome. I thought to myself, "I've read over a hundred books of entrepreneurship." Um,
1: yeah, I, we were I, speaking about I, this um, offline before. Yeah, uh, that that um, imposter syndrome when yeah. yeah, who are you to write this book? It's, it's all uh, been done before. What new things can I bring to this? I think it's fascinating to hear you after you've gone through so much experience and have the wealth of knowledge to still have those feelings. I think it gives everyone else a bit of hope that, you know, yes, yes, listen to that, that Apostle syndrome comes out with everyone. It's normal. It's how we combat that and move through it. So how, how were you able to overcome that so that you could write your book?
2: Yeah, Mark, I wish I could say that I had a magic wand and I had a special formula for overcoming my imposter syndrome, but no, I didn't. I had to write my book because one day I was upstairs and I was hoovering, um, and I had a massive epileptic fit. Um, and I fell down with a 20 kilogram Hoover in my hand. And I crashed down the stairs. I crashed into a radiator. Was really unconscious. The radiator cut into my back. I have the picture to show it. I was bleeding everywhere. But I mm-hmm. fell I don't know what it was. A trance, what I was. I don't know what it was. An epiphany moment, whatever you want to call it. But then I had a strong feeling in that trance like state. When my wife was. Rushing around, and the furniture was broken everywhere, and my kids were screaming. I had a feeling I needed to write this book, and that was a warning. And so, yeah. what I came to, all I, all my wife could hear me saying was, I'm going to write a book, and she thought I was mad. She thought, You've just been to the, the massive fits, you've really died. I mean, because that could have killed me. People have died on, on fireless. I mean, people have fallen on the stairs, mm-hmm. and died. I mean, that, I could have died. And, and this epilepsy had almost killed me twice before. I'd had two car crashes before. And I, I, and how I what if I showed you the pictures of the car, you wouldn't believe that I walked out of the, of the other car alive. So, mm. what's the according there was some sort of thing that I had to write this book. So, I sat down, took downloaded a Scrivener, got a pen and paper, and within four months, the book was written and done. And obviously, it was to try and find a for, for the publisher. But once I got a publisher and the book came out, it went straight to number one in, in Amazon on in 18 categories. It's won four awards. The Reader's Trust Award is one of It's won the Literary Titan Award. It's it's I just won another an, an award just about I think about two or three weeks ago. It's now running for six more awards. And I've been all over talking about the book and and, and it's just been an amazing journey. And oh and,
1: fantastic. Uh, uh, Remind uh, us again, what's that book called?
2: It's called Pay the Price. Um, um Pay the Price. And it's called um, Creating Ethical Entrepreneurs Success Through Passion, Pain, and Purpose. I think what got people was the fact that pain had never been talked about before. Everybody seemed to have a formula where you you go through you become an entrepreneur. Uh, there's this formula that people have, but n- nobody had really addressed the pain issue. So I think mm. it's the pain issue in it, the reality of it. And also the fact that I use music and poetry and arts and all sorts of things to bring it together. I think that's what really touched people's, people's, people's nerves. And that's what made the book so, so successful.
1: Oh, fantastic. I love that. And I think the synergy what, what we're doing over here is to be able to talk about the pain, the challenges, the the doubts that we all have because this is a it's a normal natural part of forget just being an entrepreneur, just life with relationships, with health, with all the aspects. It's it's not a forbidden subject. It's not something we need to wash over. Let's talk about it more because that's the only way we can help each other to move through it. Absolutely, hundred percent. I agree with you. I couldn't I could agree with you, Mark. Um, and so, yeah. So that's
2: that's that's right. So true. So I I, I thought to myself, how can you can, how can I talk about pain and make it relevant, make, make people understand what kind of pain that you, we face as entrepreneurs. And I thought about this for a long period of time. I couldn't find it in any book or anywhere. So I came up with my own model, and it's called the flag response model. Um, and so, pain is divided into four kinds of four kinds of pain. Um, that's why we call the red flag pain and hand with me and Mike I, I I'll <laughs> I'll just um like um, yeah Amber flag pain um green flag pain and white flag pain. So okay. these are the four kinds of pain that every entrepreneur goes through and I, I don't care where you live, but I live in Africa, Australia, New Zealand, the United States all of us have to go we'll, we'll go through these four kinds of pain. I'll start with the red flag. So the red flag pain is what I call the pain of self sabotage. Okay, it's the pain that we get into our own way. We do things mm-hmm. to ourselves that makes the dream make the dream more difficult. It makes it harder. It makes it almost impossible to realize that dream. Okay, I call it red flag because when you're driving and you get to a red flag, you stop. The only way to get past that pain is to stop what you're doing. Okay, in my case, my red flag was pornography. Okay, mm-hmm. I I went deep into pornography. To, to sort of help with the pain I was, I was facing
1: after the business went down, went south, and I always almost went bankrupt. And I got but that was a numbing avoidance, self medicating rather than going through in a healthy way.
2: Exactly. And so when I was going through really, really bad pain and I felt the depression and I felt that, that all the stuff, I felt that, that when I did the pornography, obviously, I was just like anybody who does gambling or drugs or alcoholism or all the mean stuff that we do. That for me gave me an instant relief, but I felt worse afterwards, and mm. I found myself going into a downward spiral, um, a spiral. And and my wife didn't notice because I, I was able to hide it from her, but she could see that something was wrong. Um, so I remember that very that night. One day I I went to I, I did it again, and I felt so horrible, so bad that I went online and I searched for how to stop pornography. And I came up with this um, this thing called Covenant Eyes came up. It's, in the, it's based in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and it's a system where you download it onto your phone, onto your onto your onto your everything, your phone, your laptop, everything. So I signed up for it, and then you have to choose four what you call accountability partners. So I chose uh, my vicar, I chose my my, my counsellor, I chose my my my, my brother, my, my my younger brother who looks up to me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose my best friend. These are the four people I chose. And then you are, and what it does, it? it sends an email. So every time you download pornography or you watch pornography, the software captures it and it sends a message to the people that Stephen is, is watching pornography. And suddenly you get a phone call from someone, one of your friends, and says, Stephen, why are you watching pornography? And so that for me was an accountability issue. I couldn't, and I still have it now. After six years, I still have it on my on my on my on my app now. It's on my phone, it's on my, it's on my, on my Mac, I'm talking mm-hmm. to you on my iPad, it's on everything now, on, my, on, my, on my watch, everything. So I know that if I download pornography or even, even remotely look at anything with pornography in it, Covenant Eye is going to send a message to my vicar, going to send a message to my counsellor and I'll look, I'll have egg on my face. And so that kept me clean. Mm-hmm. And so that's red flag like pain. So amber flag pain is the next one is called amber, which is the pain of waiting, okay? So when you, go to, when you are driving and you get to a traffic light and it's amber, you just have to wait, okay? Some, some businesses go through a period of waiting. There's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes the waiting gets so bad and so long that people give up, okay? Um, and that's where if you don't have a strong foundation, which I call the honeymoon period in my book, if you don't have the strong foundation of why you're doing the business, who you are, and you mentioned, Mark, beautifully where you are, and 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 why you're doing it? You don't have the passion. If you don't have that honeymoon phase nailed down, and you go through the waiting period, you will give up. I had to wait ten years, and I was surprised to learn that the average time span of a, of a successful business is between
1: six to ten years of waiting. But with with that, just just playing so devil's advocate, and and it's it's tough for entrepreneurs. How do how does one know, from your perspective, how does one know whether it's the right thing to stick with or it's time to to change because there's the right thing with the alignment, with sticking with it. And there's sometimes you do have to make a change because it's not quite right for you or the way you're doing it. How, how can you negotiate that and navigate Absolutely. that? Absolutely. And I'm
2: going to answer this question with chemistry,
1: <laughs> if, if you don't
2: mind. Um, so in 1905, there was a, a chemist called Rutherford and it's Rutherford. And he, he came up with with, with what we call the Rutherford experiment. Okay. So he 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 in that, in those days in the 19th century 18th 19th century there was the theory that the atom was what he called a plum pudding you had a, you had a, you had a space and there were neutrons and electrons that stuck between the atom. Now Rutherford thought that was false. So he wanted to disprove it. So he he he, he got a gold foil and he had these alpha particles mm-hmm. uh, and they shoot through the gold foil and he had a, a screen at the end. And what happened was when he shot the alpha particles the majority of them went straight to the gold foil. Some of them hit what you call um, the nucleus and they diverted, and some of them bounced back, okay? So he was able to deduce then from that experiment that this, the, the atom is a huge empty space with electrons and in the middle, there's a, the nucleus. Very similar with the business, okay? And, I, I, and that's pivoting. So sometimes when you're waiting, the market can change. Okay, so you need to pivot. Now, you can pivot in three ways. That's what I call the market market pivot. So you pivot because your market has changed. So you need to change direction. That's the first kind of pivoting. The Mm -hmm. second pivoting is non-market. So you you think, right, I've done this. It's not working, but I I still believe I'm an entrepreneur. I still believe that I need to do something fresh. I am going to do something completely different. Um, and, and, and I've worked with entrepreneurs who've done both. And the third one, which I hope it doesn't happen, is the quitting. Okay, so you you think, I'm fed up with this. What I did was wrong. I'm just going to quit and go back to my 95. So yeah. there are pivoting, and And that comes back again to validation. And I talk about that extensively in the book, how to validate what you're doing, whether it's right or wrong. By the nice. validation, you have to be flexible. I call it stagility. So you have to be stable know yourself, your purpose, They you're an entrepreneur at heart, but you have to be also agile. So stable and agility is Um, You have to be able. So that's how I, I, I go about it. There is a time for pivoting. There is a time for even for quitting. No, no there's no, I mean, hopefully, but that that's what comes down to your honeymoon phase. If you're able to do your, your research very well. In my case, I did the research so well that I knew that Africa had a market for healthcare. I knew that if I played my cards right, the time will come. I knew it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I knew that what I was doing was right. I had to pivot because I had to go more into market entry because I realized that even though there was a need for funding for African businesses and the funding was available, the majority of African businesses were not big enough to attract the kind of funding that VCs were willing to give in the West. So you had loads of of, of companies in Africa who wanted $500,000 $200,000, $200,000, but the VCs in, in the US, in Dubai, in, 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 in the UK, wanted to give $10 million. That didn't come up in my research. So I realized that, okay, right, there's a mismatch here. Yes, they need money, but the amount of money they need is different from what's available. So that's why I had to pivot. So some things don't come up in your research. You face reality, and when you face reality, you have to make a decision.
1: Yeah, and so much is outside of your control, right? Exactly.
2: That d- d- does change. Exactly, exactly. And I talk about outside your control. That's what comes down to what I call the white flag pain. So white flag pain is the pain that happens to you from the unfairness of life. In my case, I've got epilepsy. It's unfair. Because of the epilepsy, I can't drive. I can't, I can't do a lot of things. That's my white flag pain. Everyone mm-hmm. has the white flag pain. Everything has some th- th- things that happen to them that are unfair. I call it white flag pain because you have to surrender. When the white flag means surrendering, okay. So we are we have inherent disadvantages in us, okay. In my case, I developed epilepsy. It's I, I'm still heavily medicated today. I still take heavy medication. It's sometimes it makes me clumsy, it makes me sleepy, It makes me I'm not able to function right. But hey, I've got epilepsy. That's my that's my law. Someone else. Maybe because they are a woman and they're trying to do a, a, they're a woman and it's an unfair, it's an unfair wife it's right pain. And you're you're trying to go into a men-dominated field. The people look down upon you because you're a woman. You have to surrender to the fact that you're a woman, but it doesn't mean that you stop or you give up what you're doing. It means that you accept who you are, you accept the cards you've been dealt with. Obviously, this doesn't, doesn't apply if you're a woman, but you accept the cast you've been dealt with. I was dealt a card where I have epilepsy. I know people that have been dealt. Cards in, in various ways. Some people have been, have been have been cheated out of their money. That's unfair. It's white flag pain. You surrender to it. I've been cheated. But what do you do next?
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's the key point I want to just highlight there. It's maybe some of these things. I mean, a lot of things are in your control. A lot of things are through a result of choices that you've made along along the way. Other things you can't contribute to a choice that you've made. It just ha- it just happens. But you. It's so easy to get sort of bogged down in this, but it's how you cope with that challenge. It, it may not be your fault, but it's um, it's up to you to take responsibility for how you actually move forward. And now you're back in control. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and that's so true.
2: I met an entrepreneur, uh, uh, Mark, um, was writing the book incidentally, because always when you start writing books, you start looking for all these things. And I met this entrepreneur, amazing woman. She has Emmy. Um, she has autism, she has learning difficulties, she has non-epileptic fits. She once had a fit in front of her house and she was unconscious for 30 minutes. She got found by a passerby um, and she was just lucky she got found, she'd have been dead. Um, she has 10 different illnesses, but she's gone to university, she's got a degree in art and dance and she started a business called tummy beads, which, does, which, 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 which uh, she manufactures and an toys and stuff for autistic children. And she's making really good money out of it. I said, how do you do it? That's white flag pain. She's been dealt a really bad card by life. <laughs> you know, how many people, I know people in the UK who go halfway, halfway problems and a wheelchair and on benefits. She refused to that. She accepted the i that yet. I can't drive, yep. I can't walk very far, yep. I might collapse and die tomorrow because I have outfits, but I'm going to do something with this. And she started Chinese beads, and that's making lots of money now. Mm. So yes, we all have these things. And you said about offline about excuses, which is a, a big thing, isn't it? And you can make all the excuses that you want. I could happily say I've got epilepsy, so I'm going to give up the business. I mean, I'm flying to India tomorrow um, next week. I'm going to Dubai as well. I could say right, I could have a fit in, in the in the plane, so I'm not going to go. It's fair. Because I had a fit last week, uh, Mark—a really bad fit—in the bath where I broke my back. I think it's no um, about two months, two months ago. Massive fits mm. came out of the bath, fell out of the bath, and really injured my back. I could make an excuse, and it's a the
1: excuse. Everybody will understand if I told everybody. Oh yeah, you I'm, can. This it gives you the the ammunition. It gives you something yes. to justify yes. why you yes. can't do something. So yes. maybe there's something that's you're 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 doubtful or scared of. Well, now you can justify because you can exactly. use this. You can yeah, exactly. spend, get that, that that dopamine from complaining and yes. get that sympathy, so Absolutely. you're fueling yourself with these, with this with this excuse. Yes, exactly.
2: And that brings me nicely, which you you keep you keep on bringing me to the next the next topic very really well, which brings me to the last kind of pain, which is what I call the green flag pain. Green flag pain is what you just mentioned. People talking to you and saying, "Stephen, or Mark, what you're doing is not going to work." The voices that you hear in your head what people tell you, what you believe about yourself. Mm. I call that green flag pain because it's green flag pain because you keep going. People may tell you, Mark, what you're doing is rubbish. It's never going to work. This podcast you're starting, there are, there are a million podcasts out there about entrepreneurship. Your hey. podcast is never going to work. It never could the road. But Mark, when I saw your podcast, this yours is different. There's something different about you and about Katie and something about your I've I've been on this is about my twentieth or twenty fifth podcast I've been on about entrepreneurship. Yours is different. You managed to find a niche, and you could have listened to all these things, you could have looked at the statistics of all of 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 of, of, of podcasts on entrepreneurship, and said, right, there are a thousand podcasts on entrepreneurship. I'm not going to do it I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do mine. I'm not going to do any more on business. But you found your niche. You found that calling within you. That thing within you. And you went ahead and did it. And that's what I call green flag pain. You keep going. Nice. I said so there four kinds of pain red amber white and green and when you go to the pain that you're going through as an entrepreneur you need to self-reflect and I talk in the book about journaling and self-reflection and going through counseling and, and meeting people like yourselves who can talk people through what you're going through but you need to be able to identify the kind of pain in my in my case the whole pain was jumbled up you know I had red flag pain going on with my with the pornography I had amber flag pain going on with from the weights. I had, I had green flat pain going on with my friends and people around me telling me that, look go back to your 95, you're not meant to be an entrepreneur. And I had a white fat pain going on with epilepsy. So all these things were jumbled up in my head. I was when I sat down to reflect, I was able to divide the pain and, and in fact like this is pornography. I need to stop this. This is people telling me that's white red fat red pain, pornography. I need to quit that. This is green flag pain. my My, my friends and my close family are telling me this is, this is not going to work. I feel hurt. I feel like an imposter because people that know me and believe in me are telling me this that won't want to work. I feel pain from that. That's green flat pain. I need to segment that to one side. I've got I've got white flag pain, I've said about that. I've got um amber, which is a, which is the waiting. So I've got all these kind of pain, and I need to sit down, go through it, and segment them. Okay, so I think right, red flat pain is pornography. That needs to stop. That's self-sabotage. White flag pain is epilepsy. I've got epilepsy. How can I circumvent the weaknesses in my white flag pain to move forward? Amber flag pain is waiting. What can I do whilst I'm waiting? I cannot rush the process, okay? Mm. If I if I make a call to an investor and the investor says it's going to take me four years, it's going to take me three years to get back to me, that's three years. What do I do then during that waiting period, okay? I can sit down and complain and moan and cry and say, oh, this is taking too long. I'm going to quit or I can use that three, that, that waiting period, to what I call it, call, I call the book to build my personal capacity to learn, to study, to travel, to do all the things that I know to do. That when I become an entrepreneur, I don't have the time to do. I have this lovely period of waiting. I can, I can read, I can do courses, I can study, I can meet people. I can, that is the what you do, and that's what. I, and so, it's segmenting all those pains and
1: different kinds of kinds of pain, and and addressing them with with your with your book, with your system, with what you've created here, is this now almost your your blueprint for life? Is this how you move forward on a daily on a project um on that kind of basis?
2: Yes, yes yes. I mean obviously um I I, I was zeroing in on the pain because that's what obviously with you and what you're talking about that's what you you, you obviously talk about but obviously there's lots more like I said other stuff. but when people come to, to me and I, I spoke to my client this afternoon. And I said, "What are you feeling?" He said, "Oh, I feel horrible. I feel terrible." Right? Where is this feeling coming from? And he began to tell me about the father. He he had an issue with his dad. He started calling him an effing idiot. That's green flag pain. That's your dad calling you an effing idiot. You're not an effing idiot. You are. You've started this business process. It's working. Your dad calling you an effing idiot does not mean you want. That's his problem. It's not yours. That's green flag pain. You go. You got to keep going. And then he told me that oh, he was he was dabbing on some stuff. Right. Red flag pain, that's self sabotage. You have to go through the process of going through healing to stop that because all that's going to do is going to mess you up. Okay. He said to me, oh, I don't feel very masculine. I know I I look girlish as a bloke. I feel I don't feel quite masculine in myself. I said, right. Okay. That's white flag pain. That's how you look. You look, you're, you're a man. You don't have to look masculine. That's what you, you look the way you look. Okay. It doesn't feel masculine. He doesn't feel like he's a man. I said, no, that's why that's what you've been done. That's what you have. Okay. Surrender to it, move on with it. That's what you are. You can use that as a strength to move on in what you're doing. You know, so we're able to talk about it. And then at the end of the hour where, where we spent together, he felt really liberated because he was able to then put that those things in, in places and then deal with it. Obviously, we're talking about his passion, his purpose, payoff, and all that other stuff. But with the pain, he was able to deal with, deal with that and then find where. Right. So with this issue i'm going i need counseling i need help i need to go to have an accountability partner to help me with this but this mm-hmm. thing i'm doing with my dad i need to just not let him talk to me the way he's talking to me and 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 just let him know look i know what you're saying you're i don't believe what you're saying and all that kind of stuff you know so you so that is how i have gone about it um, um and obviously let's stuff about legacy and all that stuff but with pain that's how i have gone about it and it seems to work for most people that i've, I've spent time talking to
1: Fantastic. And so going forward, so you've you've created this and this is forms the basis of how you help people now. What's your plan going forward? Obviously we're, we're starting a fresh new year now. So what <laughs> what's your where's your focus right now? And and where are your where are your barriers? Where are your little hurdles that you that you know are coming up?
2: Yeah. So there's two things. like I said to you before, and I don't feel I don't know why I feel so sad when I when I say this, but every time I see a business close. Every time I read of an entrepreneur that's failed, I feel sad inside. It, it it breaks my heart because I I know. And I believe this family that the world's problems can be are normally solved by entrepreneurs. You know, mm. I I met this guy in in in, in 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 I went for I was I was a keynote speaker at at, at at a conference last week or last month actually it was yeah last month, and I met this guy who has started a phenomenal business in Africa. So there there were no. Well, I'm from in Ghana and other countries, the roads are bad, infrastructure is bad, people are dying, obviously, um, from, from basic things. So he said, right, how, how can we solve this problem? There's there's a capital city where all the stuff is, if you go to uh, the to, to, like, capital city of Ghana or, or, or Rwanda or, or other countries, they're quite well developed. And you have these rural areas where people are dying of poverty, people are dying of sickness. To get medicines or supplies urgently from one place to the other can take two or three days. There's no road. The woods are bad. So he said, why don't I use drones? So he came up with this crazy idea of flying drones with blood and supplies from one place to the other. It's called zipline. I asked him, how on earth do you really think of this? <laughs> you know, fly, nobody. People use drones as toys. He's using it. And his raised, he just raised around two ways, $160 million, you know. So... That is something that has been solved by entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurs hold the key, I believe, to the majority mm-hmm. of the problems that we face, climate change, uh, um, racism, um, sexism, all the stuff that we go through. Entrepreneurs hold the key, I believe, to the most of these problems. If and so where's have... your role within all this? Yes, yes. So my role is to help entrepreneurs, like you're saying, stop the pain. To to, to be able to navigate, if I'm able to bring that 90% down a little bit and be able to help entrepreneurs to be able to navigate the pain, navigate the struggle and and, and go to the other side of it, I would be absolutely, um, and that's one of the reasons you said about being a selfish reason. That's one of the reasons what really motivates me to to lower that 90% failure rates Um, and do that through my own life because I can relate to entrepreneurs. So I went through all the pain that they've been through death all the stuff and the second thing is with blue cloud um to continue the the good work we're doing in africa to 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 raise the profile of healthcare in africa
1: um amazing fantastic steven i i wish you all all the very best and all the luck as you go through these endeavors and, and change lives all over the world so hey thank you for sharing so openly about your journey Thank you for showing us what you've been through and how it's actually helped you to create your business and write your book. So again, please share with us. Um, where is your book? Where can we get it from? What's it called? And also if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you?
2: So the easiest place is is on my website, which is www.stevenajay.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on, I'm on I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on, I'm on Twitter. But all the links are through my through my through my websites. And I also do um, a bi-weekly letter, um, newsletter, which, calls, uh, which is called Pay the Price as well, which which basically talks about, about the little things that we can do every to 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 help ourselves move forward. in, in, in the. And so you can sign up for that. It's free. If you sign up, you get a second book, like I which is about poetry and arts. And that hopefully would encourage you on your journey as an entrepreneur and as a business
1: owner. So, Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Stephen, thanks again for your time. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure.